0: Good evening everyone. It really does feel, um, just regarding the prophetic words that came out and things, just it just feels like there's a moment in the Spirit. Um, and I don't know if you can feel it, or if there's just something witnessing in your heart, even throughout this week, leading up to the 4 and 6 p.m. It just feels like there's a moment in God that we shouldn't miss. Amen. And. I prayed it at the prayer meeting, but when Jesus returns, he's going to look around the world and he's going to say, will I find faith on the earth? Will there be a sense that when I come to churches and when I come to my people, when I come to um, individuals, will there be faith in me or will there be a faithless generation that passes? And I really believe that faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God. That's the scripture, by the way. And as we come back to the Word of God and what God is calling us to, and as we um, are obedient towards the Word, we will see faith arise and a faithful generation and not a faithless generation um, arise. That is not my preach, but that is very cool things to say. So for those of you that maybe are visiting, my name is Henry, I'm married to Brigitte and my mom is here and yeah... uh, Now it's just like, I'm never coming back. <laughs> um, great. So this morning, I was just preparing my heart for specifically this evening, specifically what God is busy doing in us as Stellenbosch PM. And I felt the Lord starting to speak to me. But the way God speaks to me, I know there's some people, they, they intimidate me a lot. Like the God said this to me and then this. And then I'm like, whoa, God doesn't speak to me like that. But for me, I I feel impressions of the Lord, and I just felt such an impression on my heart, almost like a weight fall on me as I was preparing for this evening, that God is, in a sense, calling us to radical obedience, and that we can't compare ourselves to the brother and sister and the woman Tani sitting around us. As a church, we can't compare ourselves to the church next door, but God is leading us as a people into something more. Amen. And if we're going to compare ourselves to the person in our community, compare ourselves to somebody um, down the street or another church, we're going to miss God. We're actually going to miss God because there is something that God is busy doing in us as a people. And Proverbs 29 verse 18 says the following. That's a cool slide. I didn't make that. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen says, "Where there is no revelation or no vision or no prophetic um, revelation, yeah, vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law." And when I read that scripture, it's almost like when when an athlete tries to train for a race. There's a race or a goal in mind, a vision in mind, and then the athlete, in a sense, positions himself to fulfill that race. And likewise for us, the Lord is casting a vision and putting a vision in front of us and say, guys, we need to come in alignment according to what I am leading you guys into. And I believe this evening we're going to speak about given to the local church. How to be given to the local church. But before we need to be going to the given, we need to understand what the local church is. Amen? So... The word church actually, in the context that we use it, was was used firstly by a well-known gentleman, and his name was Jesus. Cool guy, you guys must meet him if you haven't met him. Um, and he used the word, the, the whole New Testament was written in Greek, and the Greek word is ecclesia. I love that word, not just because it sounds cool and you sound smart, but with that It actually means the gathering of the called-out ones. The gathering of the called-out ones. And that reminds me of a scripture in 1 Peter 2.9 that says uh, the following in the, there we go. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Jesus is continually throughout the ages calling people out of darkness and into his marvelous light. So there was always a calling out and a calling into. And he's he's calling us out of this world, out of our culture, out of our comfort zones, and out of who we think we are into designing a new people for himself. Creating a new chosen people on the earth that can reflect him to a lost and dying world. Amen. So I wrote down here that the church of Jesus Christ was never referred to ever as a building. Amen. So when people say, Yeah, no, we're going to church, what do you mean? Because if I say where where is the church? It's not the United building. But when somebody asks me, where's the church? I'm like, yeah, some of it is in Velgefonden. And other part of it is maybe in Dalsug. There's some in Kajamandi. There's there's quite a lot there in campus. Because the church of Jesus Christ was never referred to a building, but always a people. It's people. You are the church if you are born again and a believer today. So Jesus used this word actually twice um, in the Gospels. And we're gonna look at both of them because both of these both of these times that he used his word, he used it in a different way. And both of them actually shines light. It's like a coin, but different sides of this coin to understand what this church means or this ecclesia, what he refers to. So the first one is in Matthew 16, verse 18, that Peter just had a revelation of that Jesus Christ is Lord. And then Verse 18 says the following, And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock, on this revelation that Jesus Christ is Lord, I will build my church, and the gates of hell, or Hades, will not overcome it. Amen. So firstly, the the way that Jesus uses this word is quite in a universal sense. And that's why we call it the universal church, or the big church, And the big church would refer to a church made up of every follower of Jesus Christ in the whole world. So firstly, the the church of Jesus Christ is every single individual that has ever lived to put their faith in Christ Jesus wholeheartedly and are saved. That is the church. Amen. But that is only one side of the coin. And as we go on to the next portion... This is actually uh, the portion in the Bible, and it's just two chapters later, that Jesus speaks to the people, and he says to them, this is how you need to deal with sin in the church. So he says, if your brother or sister sins against you, you guys would know the scripture quite well. So if your brother and sister sins against you, that happens often, you need to go to them and actually sort it out, and if they repent... You have won back your brother. There's a sense of forgiveness, and you need to forgive them. But if they don't repent, you need to call two or three others to this person and say, hey Amen. What you're doing, your sin is leading to sin, is leading to death. And if you're going to continue in this way, it will lead to destruction. Stop it. <laughs> Amen. But then Jesus picks up and he says, if that person still doesn't want to come back, still don't want to return away or turn away from their sins, Matthew 18 verse 17 follows and they say, if they still refuse to listen, tell it to the ecclesia, the church. And if they refuse to listen, even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. And it speaks about church discipline. So the first time Jesus referred to the church was in a broad sense, the universal church. Every believer, everyone in the world, we don't even know how many there are, really truly saved, big church. Then the the second way Jesus referred to it was actually what we would call the local church or the small church. The local church is a local group that Jesus assumed every believer should or would belong to where they are known even their sins, as we read in this portion of Scripture. So we have the big, we have the small. We have the church, we have a church. We have the universal, and we have the local. Jesus assumed that every believer that belonged to the universal automatically should belong to the local, and you can't have the one, not the one, and not the other. So you need to be part of both. That's quite a controversial statement in our modern day era. You need to belong to both. But the reality is that not everybody does belong to both. Um, And Acts 2.47 says the following. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all people, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Those who were being saved became a part of the church of Jesus Christ, but also became a part of the local church. The early church never made a distinction between the one and the other. It was always together. It was always together. But modern-day teaching or modern-day Christianity makes the lines so blurry. For example, on the one hand, many people believe that you can be a part of the local church but some are actually not a part of the universal church. Or some is a part of this group, but maybe not a part of the kingdom of God. And what I mean with that is, or a little bit backtracking into church history, when, we, when Christianity started or the church of Jesus Christ started was the following way. The Holy Spirit broke out on the day of Pentecost. The church was born and every single one was a part of the church but they weren't a part to a large extent of the government because the government was against them and they were to a large extent against the government. There was a lot of tension and that's where we read in the Bible a lot of persecution that broke out against the Christians for their faith because the Christians would say, we only have Jesus Christ as our Lord. But the Romans say, no, you need to have Caesar also as your Lord. And we say, we will not bow before Caesar because we have Jesus. So persecution started to break out. Then a massive, massive moment in history was in 300, uh, in the year 300-ish, there was a guy named Constantine that actually got saved, or it looks like he got saved. And he was the emperor of the time. So that's like, I don't know, Zuma getting saved or Cyril Ramaphosa getting saved. And all of a sudden, like radically saved, and all of a sudden, everything is now Christian. Christian bookstores, Christian um, furniture stores, everything should be Christian because I'm a Christian now, and he has that authority. But all of a sudden, to become a Christian was not that bad thing anymore. All of a sudden, it was, in a sense, commercialized to such an extent, if you're part of this nation, you are Christian. And it's quite a lot what happened in South Africa. There was a great move of God in the Dutch Reformed Church, and it spread all over all over South Africa, name a town that doesn't have a Dutch Reformed church, great move of God, but then something started to happen all of a sudden that it became, you're part of South Africa, you're also part of the church. But it didn't mean that they are born again believers. So what started to happen is the Catholic Church was born, and, all, and there was definitely people in the Catholic Church that tried to follow the Lord and, and tried to, um, in a sense, fight for the truths of God. But what started to happen is we started to see a watering down of Christianity because the world started to infiltrate the church and not the church, the world. And it became like a Christianity light. And I'm not saying there's not born-again believers in the Dutch Reformed Church. and in No, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is the world started more and more seeping into the church. And they're not born-again. They're doing it out of a religious duty. And I'm taking too long on this, but basically is that you can be a part of the local church and, and, know, and not know Jesus. And that's scary, actually. That You can sit here, you can do all your religious duties, you can worship, you can do the right things, but still not know Jesus. But likewise, and that's more that I see these days, that I'm a part of the, the church, I'm a born-again believer, but because of the falsehood and hypocrisy of the church, I don't want to be a part of them. That's sad. And that's where people say, no, all Christians are hypocrites. All Christians are like this and this. But according to New Testament Christianity, you need to be a part of both. Let me lay that a little bit in Scripture. Ephesians 3, verse 10 and 11 says the following. His, Jesus' intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Jesus Christ came to the earth to accomplish something. That through the death, resurrection of Jesus, we can now enter into a living relationship with him and come back into a restored relationship as God intended it to be. He accomplished something. But his intent was now that when he accomplished something, he would have a vehicle in the world to restore and to a large extent preach this gospel to this world, this good news that we know about. And he says that, um, we can go back one verse, that he said, um, his intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God would be made known. So he accomplished something, but the way that he wants that message to go about into the world and that people can truly see what God is like and who he is and how his message goes about is through the church. We can't skip that. It's in Scripture. It's through the church. Each individual in the New Testament belonged to a local church. 1 Thessalonians 5, 12-13 says the following, now we ask you, brothers. So Paul is writing to specific individuals, and he's saying, now, "Now we ask you brothers, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard, in love, because of the work, because of their work. Live in peace with each other. Paul is writing to a specific group of people and he is pointing out that there is certain men that is working amongst you, this church. It's almost like me coming and saying, I as Henry, I'm an elder in this household and I'm working among you guys. You don't see me preaching every week in Shofar. You don't see me preaching in every nation. You don't see me preaching in the Dutch Reformed Church because God has given me authority in this house, and this is where I'm going to build. This is where I'm going to work. This is where I'm going to a local context. And so Paul is writing and saying, guys, you guys in Thessalonica, there's certain leaders that is working into you. They're not working into Ephesus. They're not working there and there and there, but they have responsibility over you guys. Respect them. Do you see that? But also it goes on to say, 1 Peter 5, 2. Be, and it's speaking to elders here. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care. Serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing. Hallelujah. As God wants you to be not greedy for money, but eager to serve. Once again, Peter's writing to elders here and saying that there's a a specific flock Sheep, saints, people that is under your care. I'm not going to have sleepless nights for the church down the road. Maybe if there's bombs going off and things going crazy and like really. But I am going to have sleepless nights over you guys. There's one or two of you. Yes, the whole week I've been thinking of you, <laughs> praying for you. <laughs> ask, ask Brigitte. I told her this, this afternoon. It feels like an elephant is standing on me. Because I feel so a weight for some of you. But I don't know the people down the road. It's for you. I wrote down here a Christian will not be able to fulfill New Testament teaching if they don't belong to a local church. You will not be able to fulfill your Christian mandate to be a normal Christian if you're not in a local church. Big statement, but it's true. It's counterculture. No, man, it's just me, my dog, and my cat, and we all, we the church. No such thing. It's not biblical. It's not. House church movements, it reflects something of God. It does not reflect what God has New Testament teaching. And I know maybe some of you, some of your parents may come out of that. It's not the fullness of what God had for his church. Some other things that we see that it can't fulfill, and I got this from Leonard because he preached it earlier, so I took his notes. One thing that we can't fulfill in in other ways, if you, if you don't believe in local church, is church discipline. It's a very big deal in Scripture. 1 Corinthians 5 verse 1 and 2 says the following. And this is, church, uh, this is Paul writing to the church in Corinth regarding sin in that local group. And hear what he says about them. It is actually reported that there is sexually immor- immorality among you and of a kind that does not occur even among pagans. That must be hectic. <laughs> in that church, a man has his father's wife. So his father had a wife, maybe remarried or something like that, and he is sleeping with his father's wife. And the church is like, the grace of God is so amazing. And he's like, no, man, you got this all wrong. Let's go on. And then it says, and you are proud. Shouldn't you rather have been filled with grief and have put, and put out of the fellowship the man who did this? Let's go on to the next um, Portion four and five says, When you are assembled, we are assembling together as the church of Stellenbosch, and they, and when they get together as so the church of Corinth, are assembled in the name of our Lord, a Sunday meeting, and I am with you in spirit, and the power of our Lord Jesus is present. Verse five, Hand this man over to Satan so that the sinful nature may be destroyed and the, and the spirit saved on the day of the Lord. So, when that group comes together, church discipline should to take place. That man should be put out of fellowship. But if you're part of the universal church, how can you be put out of fellowship? We are the church. But a local group, church, church discipline can take place, but not in a we all church. Next is leadership and submission can't take place. And I'm just referring to the previous verses. That, that spoke about that certain leaders were taking care over certain groups. So you can't submit to a leader if you're not in a local church because you are the leader. You can't submit to a leader. You can't have leaders over you. I can't have leaders over me because we're not a part of the local church. 1 Corinthians 14, 26 speaks about their worship meetings and it says, what then shall we say, brothers? When you come together, everyone has a hymn or a word, or instruction, a revelation, and a tongue, or interpretation. All of these must be done for the strengthening of the body, the church, the ecclesia. When you come together, there's a sense that in a local church, you can fulfill your calling and spiritual gifts that God has given you. You can actually function in your God-given gift. But some people have the gift of encouragement, but they are the only church. They just encourage themselves the whole day. That might help to a large extent, but I encourage you in this forum, amazing. Running around, encouraging, building up, strengthening in love, and, and and in a sense, exhorting people into the more. People like today brought prophetic words, and we could step back and say, hear what the Spirit of God is saying, and we can listen to them, and we can listen to what God is busy saying. People are bringing different songs, and we've had tongues released, an interpretation of tongues. There's a giftings being displayed and the glory of God revealed in our midst. But then also through this, that if you don't believe in the local church, we need to cut out a lot of the Bible. A lot, like really, really a lot, a lot. Because the scriptures then that needs to be cut out is the whole book of Romans because it was written to a local church. 1 and 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, 1 and 2 Timothy, Titus, Revelation was all written to churches. So we need to cut that books out of the Bible if we don't believe in the local church because the early church very much did believe in the local church. Amen. I hope this gives you a little bit of a grounding that the local church is important. It's God's vehicle. It was God's intent. It was God's plan. And it will always be. Andrew always says, We are God's plan A. There is no plan B. There is no plan B. We, as the church of Jesus Christ, plan A. I want to do a little bit of an illustration that also would, I'm just going to see who I'm going to take. Where's Josh? I saw him in worship. That's why I remember. Josh, come stand on this side. Maybe Craig also come stand there and Sean also come stand there. Hulle is onder een boom uitgevuld, these type of people, okay? So, I'm gonna box you, but you guys are that personality you hate to be boxed, okay? <laughs> they are a bit more your louder types of people. Extroverted, front-footed. I literally have fear coming on me when when Craig wants to give me a hug. Because it breaks your back, all the girls will know. When Sean just starts to, it's just, they are very unique. But then there's other individuals. Can I please have to decide, a skulk Willem? Nico, can you come and stand here? And I saw, where's Danielle Tron? She's also quite like that. Is she up there? I saw earlier. They are not like that naturally. You guys were surprised when he jumped now. Because when it comes to these Okies, it's like, um, JP, where's JP? He's also like that. So when, when JP read a, when re, read a scripture earlier in prayer meeting, we're praying. He's like, so let me just share the context here. And let me just share from top to down and just explain to you exactly what's going on here. Very calculated very precise if we didn't believe (laughs) sorry 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 sorry. they are precise in a very abstract way (laughs) but when we look and they are like they are like the yellow and they are like the the no the blue let's call it blue (laughs) and if we don't have these two colors in their own gifting we will miss something of Jesus. If we don't have the yellows, I cannot be a berserker like them. Like, really. Like, I, I'm much more to this side. Like I, like, I actually do like admin. I like when systems work. Now, I like the result of admin. And I love when things work properly and all of that. But I love these people because when, when you walk in and you're greeted, they like, Oh, church, and they love you, and they go all crazy and all of that. And these type of people just like, okay, guys, I know there's a mountain, but we need a path, and we need to get up there. Okay. And but together, together, we reflect something of God. Individually, you can display something of God, but together we can display the fullness of God, who is his body, amen, you can go sit down, thanks guys, and I know, I know these things are offensive to some of us, but some, some churches build on this, that there's different strokes for different folks, meaning that if you read the Bible, we love the evangelism part, and we build a whole church around evangelism, and it reflects only maybe the arm, like come here, come to Jesus. The Bible, we don't have many Bibles for different churches. We have one commandment, to love the Lord, to love people. We can't go and fit our personality, fit our gifting. It's when we come together. I, I, I had a, a look this week, we had a leaders meeting, um, and I'm ending now. We had a leaders meeting, and when I look at some, some movements, there's a sense when we look at their leadership, it's, it's and I'm not bashing churches at all here, but there is a sense that certain people build, build around a certain leadership gift. They're very extroverted, loud, confident, bold. Then I wouldn't have made it nine years ago at all. At all. I was shy, teruggetrokken, hate speaking in front of people. Really, I was fearful. But God. But then I look at our leaders Oh, they're weird. (laughs) But diverse. But diverse. Why? Because it's not us going around, who will be the best preacher? Who will be the bestest? Who will be? No. God is building His church. And so we look around, and all of a sudden, God is busy raising up people. Many people I wouldn't have chosen. I wouldn't have chosen myself, to be very honest. I wouldn't have. But God But God. So each and every individual needs to belong to the local church. But the church is made up of people that is hurting, that is rejected, that had church experiences in the past, and they look to the church and say, I can't commit myself again and get hurt. But Christ wants to form us into one body again. So what does this mean for us as Joshua generation church Stellenbosch. And now I can say 6 Um, p.m. Hallelujah. What does this mean for us? And I'm maybe going to ask Leonard to tag team a little bit with me here. But I believe the Lord is truly calling us to radical obedience. Not because we say so, because your spirit witness. Your spirit witness that this is from God. Jesus said many times, those who have an ear, let them hear what the Spirit of God is saying. Paul wrote to a church and said, if you're truly spiritual, you would know that what I'm saying is from God. Just see. That's quite something. <laughs> I want to say your spiritual witness that there's something in you that cries out and say, I want to give myself to radical obedience. So at this moment, we I mean, I'm building up what we did spoke about last week and go listen to it again that Leonard preached about the this is church series that we are doing and I'm speaking about what does it then mean for us to be given to the local church because for other churches it would be different for them what the God is doing there and praise God that God is moving all over the place and people are getting saved and Christ is being magnified but there's something specific that God is doing in us and we need to be obedient towards him and give ourselves to what he is doing in our midst. So the This Is Church series is a series that was once the orientation, uh, meaning to become a member, but is redone to This Is Church. Because we've seen, as Josh Jen has been growing in um, multi-congregations all over, we never want to lose that each individual carry the DNA of the New Testament. Carry what God has placed in them, unique individuals built together to reflect God. So what we said last week, and just reiterating it, is that there came a prophetic word and was seen that there was a bit of a drift away from what God is calling us as a church to be a model church that the nations can look at us and say, God is in their midst pulling us back now and saying, guys, let's close down for a season the doors and the windows of, of outside input because we are such an over generation that just loves to feed on everything and it's not that helpful because we struggle to hear God's voice. I struggle to hear God's voice when I'm feeding the whole time of YouTube. I deleted YouTube and I deleted my Google browser today. I just don't want to go there because there's something built in me of curiosity that just wants to know. And I say, no, radical obedience. God says, if your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. I cut off Google. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I'm not putting that on you. Wing, wing, notch, notch. Uh, joking. So maybe I'm going to give over to Leonard here, just to explain a little bit of not only the heart, I'm good at the heart things, but the practical things Leonard will do from here. Um, just what, what it means for us moving forward, what, is, what does, does this church mean, how is it going to function, how is it going to move forward, and hallelujah.
1: <laughs> so the question, firstly, Enra, I think you did that brilliantly. I think feel inspired to give myself more to the local church. And the question is, what do we do with the message like tonight? And, and there's, um, there's a step one, in a sense, and then I would say there's a step two, and I think it's, it's for different groups of people. The first group of people, step one, I would say some of you need to be grafted into the universal church, the broader church first. And the only way that you become part of the church of Jesus Christ is by salvation, And just as we end here, I'm going to call the worship team forward to just uh, lead us into a time of worship, but we want to firstly give an opportunity to anyone who's sitting here in a local church, but who has not been made part of the global church of God by salvation. You're sitting here because it's the right thing to do, it's something you've grown accustomed to doing, you enjoy it, but you've never given your life over to Jesus Christ. That is the only way to truly be part of the church of God. We want to give an opportunity to you. And then secondly, I think there's a call for all of us to jump deeper into the local church. I'm just going to assume that if you're sitting here, then this might be the local church that you want to give yourself to. If there's another local church, then give yourself there fully. But if this is the local church that you feel like you want to give yourself to, the way that we want to do that going forward is going to cost some commitment from you. And I want to ask you, and And i'll I'll share now, because I know commitment is sometimes a difficult thing, and we're not used to being asked of com- commitments in church, but I want to ask you to commit to joining the This is Church series for the next eleven weeks with a few breaks in between. It'll be on Wednesday evenings, and uh, if if you complete all of them, uh, there's an opportunity if you want, if you look at that and you say, "Wow, well, this is a church I want to become part of, I want to give myself to." then there's an opportunity for us to speak, to get to know you, and to say, do we feel like you can be a member of this church, like we see a way f- forward? Almost, I said it last week, almost like when you're dating a guy or a girl, it's all fun, and it's exciting, and there's hormones, and it's just great. And some of you come to church, and you're in that space now. It's just great. I'm enjoying it. I'm loving it. There's worship. There's the presence of God. It's amazing. But to commit to someone for marriage means that I really want to get to know that person. I want to know what they believe. I want to know which pimples they're hiding away from me, right? I want to know what they look like without makeup when they wake up in the morning. <laughs> some girls are like angry. They <laughs> look too different. <laughs> like I, want to know, I want to know the real person. I want to sit down and have some honest conversation. And this is church for us, is that honest conversation, want to just tell you what do we as Josh Chen believe about a couple of things I'll read we're going to speak about what do we believe about church what do we believe about the apostolic about accountability about worship about finances about church discipline about headship in the church about divorce and remarriage what do we believe about those things so that before you commit to a deeper relationship with us before you commit more to this local church that you know what we believe so you get to know us then we also want to get to know you have you been baptized? Are you saved? Are you walking these things out? Are you living it? And then if there's a witness in us, we want to say, well, you have an opportunity to actually say, well, this is the place that I want to commit to, want to give myself to. So on Wednesday evenings, for the next, um, it's basically until, from now until the 25th of October, as I said, with a few breaks in between, we'll send out the schedule to all of you. We want to ask you if this is the church that you want to give yourself to, to actually commit to those times. It's so funny, I started doing these, um, I took that scripture that says less of me and more of Jesus, I took that literally, and I tried to have less of me by signing up to these sweat classes, by having a little bit, um, a little bit less of Lenin, <laughs> and it was, it was so interesting, I missed one of the classes and I forgot to cancel on the booking system that we have. And I got an email the next day saying, please, will you cancel next time or let us know next time you can't come? And I thought, the audacity of saying something like that to me. I'm paying to be here. Now you're telling me I need to let you know. And then there's a big WhatsApp group with I don't know how many people on there. And there was a message coming through saying, please, when you don't pitch up for class, please do let us know. And I thought, are you kidding me? And that's, that's in the world, but then sometimes we are so afraid of asking for a little bit of commitment in church, actually, but actually now we want to ask you for a commitment. If this is where you want to give yourself, then we're asking you for commitment to come and to not miss one. It's actually what we're asking, to not miss one, to prioritize Wednesday evenings. It's a session that we watch, and then we have a meal together, we fellowship, it's on Wednesday evenings, and there's a group that meets on a Thursday. If you can't make a Wednesday, if for some reason you really can't make it, not that Sunday, the next Sunday, there will be a catch-up, but we prefer rather doing it in homes, in our community or our home groups. Okay, so join a home group if you're not in one. We'll send out all the details we really want to ask you to commit. So here's here's my thing. We're landing with two things. Firstly, giving an opportunity if there's anyone that does not know Jesus to become part of the global church. Then secondly, I want to ask you to, at the end, this is not going to be something you do tonight. But if you are in a home group, then go speak to your home group leader and make a verbal commitment. Say, I want to do it, I'm in, so that that person can keep you accountable. I'm asking you for something, okay? we are asking for something that you go and say, please, I want to do it. Ask me if I'm not there, why I wasn't there, I want to give myself. Or if you really can't make it, say, please send me the dates for the next one, but I'd prefer if all of us do this one, okay? But that all of us go and make a verbal commitment, okay? So let's just let's just stand.